All right, everybody, welcome into the Westside Sports Podcast. As always, I am your host, Dakota Esri. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome to the podcast. This podcast is free and available on all platforms Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, iHeartRadio Index, and much, much more. Uh, if you guys enjoy the content and the overall conversation I'm bringing to you guys today, or if you guys just enjoy the overall uh, topics I cover on a day to day basis, please feel to feel free to subscribe. Uh, hit the bell so when you guys uh, or when I finish these recordings, these podcasts, they go straight to your phone for ease. And please leave a rating if you are able to do so. All of that helps me out greatly. I have a pretty decent section on around the world, which if this is your first time listening, we always go around the world and then we go between Storm, Seahawks, and Mariners, and then we wrap it up. And then with that being said, let's get straight into it, shall we? Obviously, uh, the sports world reacted to the suspension for Fernando Tatis Jr. for testing positive for PEDs. He, quote, he was using it for ringworm as his mother posted that on hit on their ig account um i not to be rude or uh short-sighted i don't really care if it's ringworm uh you can go to walmart and buy like lamisil or low low ultra whatever the heck it's called for like ten dollars and uh especially when you make like you know 320 million dollars or whatever i think it's like 315 over the course of your contract with with the san diego padres you can't ask somebody to test something and let's just all be let's just call the elephant out inside the room this was obviously not for ringworm when people are trying to come back from major injuries like tatis has it's very simple and well known among the inner circles that guys take some kind of an anabolic steroid because it increases the healing and the recovery time. That's just a fact. I got no problem with them trying to get back sooner than later. That's fine. But you know that when you have certain days out of the year, which this is not a random test, by the way, you know, like NFL, they make you test like on a weekly basis. Uh, Shannon Sharps talked about that extensively and on his podcast on Club Shay Shay that, you know, because he was a super built guy that they just were refusing to believe it was natural so they'd make him test every single week but that's that's not the the case in any form of the you know any form of, of the fashion when it comes to uh tatis and his 80 games this is strictly because he took a substance that he did not take the time and effort to to figure out whether or not it was allowed underneath the ped part of of, of the cba it's a very bad look for him it's a bad look for his family bad look for the organization the fans uh, if you just traded pretty much your entire farm prospect system to get Josh Hader, Juan Soto, Brandon Drury, Josh Bell, all these guys thinking you're going to build the God Squad for lack of a term, you know, the best of the, you know, best of the very best option or possibility for a roster. And then you get the news coming down that, oh, by the way, uh, he's just been popped for 80 games and that's, he will be suspended until next May. That's how long it takes. He cannot serve these. Uh, this he cannot begin to serve the eighty games while he is rehabbing. He must come back and be healthy before he can go back and start his rehab assignment. So, Fernando Tatis. First off, you had the motorcycle accident in the off season, caused you to miss three quarters of the, of the season. Then you get busted for PEDs. If I'm the Padres, I'm taking some of his money back for this year. No, you didn't deserve any part of this. I don't care how hard you, you how, how hard you, you rehabbed. You wouldn't have to rehab if you didn't go on that motorcycle that was, by the way, banned and prohibited on his contract. No motorized vehicles, no high speeds, nothing reckless, no reckless actions or anything like that. And you just continue to ignore 
everything that your contract had stated for you, and that just shows an immaturity and a lack of responsibility to his team and the teammates and the organization. Just going to say that out there right there. Will Zalatoris won his first career major this weekend. Congratulations to him. He vaulted from 14th to 1st in the FedEx Cup standings with this win. So it just kind of goes to show you there's a really good amount of competition right now on the PGA Tour as far as points go. I do not know and understand much of how the point system works. Obviously, based upon your placing or your placement in the overall uh, major championships will dictate probably how many points you accrue on a uh, uh, major championship or major event level per part of the season. I'm going to get more comfortable with that as we go on, but I want to bring that to like congratulations to Will Zalatoris. Golden State Warriors versus Memphis Grizzlies will be scheduled for Western Conference semifinal rematch on Christmas, along with many other games. But to be honest with you, this is the only game I actually give a crap about. I will not watch. I will not root for the Lakers. It's no shot at them. I'm not a LeBron hater, but I am uh, not a Laker fan. I used to be a Laker fan with Kobe when uh, certain players went over there. I lost interest. So not trying to throw shade. That's just my own personal feelings. I'm going to leave that right there. Uh, obviously, we all saw this weekend Jets quarterback came up. Uh, excuse me. <clears throat> Jets quarterback Zach Wilson came up on a uh, non-contact on a little bit of a juke move. And uh, there was a lot of concern saying that he probably had some major injury or major damage. He did have some damage. He suffered a torn meniscus and a bone bruise uh, is going to be at two to four weeks see how long maybe he can get back sooner but if i'm from the jets uh I believe his name is mike white is the backup quarterback he's not a bad uh backup by any sort of the means but uh surely somehow the jets will find a way to keep their head above water they do have a pretty deep roster i like what robert Saul has done over there for the jets i'll be curious to see how they can uh mainstay the ship until zach wilson returns because he is a talented quarterback he reminds me a lot of uh baker mayfield just with a much bigger arm much much bigger arm in general which obviously if you're for the jets you gotta love we are wrapping up around the world this week uh information just came down about an hour or so ago that the texas rangers have relieved chris woodward of his duties with the Texas Rangers. The Rangers were 51 and 63 on the season. Um, understood why they did this in general due to the fact that they'd spend like half a billion dollars between Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager. Granted, both those guys had slow starts to the season, but uh, just kind of based upon what I was watching from the Texas series and how he got thrown out like the second inning of, of, of the game or second or third inning, just a bad look. Um, he's, he's, he's a hothead. Uh, unfortunately, this probably should have came sooner in the season based upon how the team was playing. They do have some really good bats. Adolis Garcia is an animal. I wish he was a Mariner, but that's a different conversation for a different day. Uh, Nathaniel Lowe is a really good player. Obviously, Jonah Heim. Um, like I, ta I touched on Marcus uh, Simeon and Corey Seager. They got plenty of players. They do. Um, Leody Tavares is another good player, rising player also. So they have quality pieces, but unfortunately, Chris Woodworth is not an analyt analytically driven coach, kind of like what we heard earlier in the season with uh, Joe Madden and uh, Joe Girardi, those guys losing their jobs due to kind of similar thing. And funny enough, uh, since the uh, Philadelphia Phillies relieved Joe Girardi of his job, they have like the second highest win percentage in all of baseball. So clearly they have the talent. They just needed the right uh, captain to steer the ship. 
Okay, uh, Seattle Storm. To, I got a little bit of a storm section uh, for this podcast. It's kind of giving a recap of the last couple of games, like I touched on in the opener teaser. They have officially made the playoffs, uh, which is a huge congratulations to these ladies. It'd also be a great way to finish Sue Bird's career, getting back into the playoffs like they seem to do almost every season. But I want to give a little bit of a shout out for that. Uh, unfortunately, on Sunday, they did lose to the Las Vegas Aces 109-100, which is a little bit uh, disappointing to see. However, though, Jewel Lloyd did lead the way with 38 points, followed by Brianna Stewart posting 21 points, 15 rebounds, 4 assists. Uh, games followed with that where they beat the Minnesota Lynx 96-69. Tina Charles led the way 23 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, along with Jewel Lloyd who recorded 21 points and Brianna Stewart with 16, 10, and 2 assists. 3-2 and two record so far in the month of August for, for the Storm. Uh, seem to be doing what they have to. It was a very competitive game on Sunday. Unfortunately, they were not able to, to get the win, obviously, versus the Las Vegas Aces, which if I remember correctly, I saw a thing on Bleach Report yesterday that they have recorded the third most uh, points in a season in WNBA history. So clearly these ladies can score and they're quite good at it. So I'm not, I think they have Kelsey Plum. I could be wrong on that, but I'll do a little bit more deeper dive on that for upcoming podcasts. But I kind of just want to have a couple of minutes there dedicated to our ladies who are working their butts off and I got to give them a little bit of love and uh, a little bit of a shout out right there. Also shout out my cousin, uh, Parker Esri, who's playing down south in Australia, is kicking ass. Um, apologize for the, the language. I try not to swear, but I, I got to give my family a little bit of love, a little bit of a shout out. She's been absolutely dominating down in her league, and I'm just super proud of her for going out, spreading her wings, and doing what you know her passion is. And she's great at playing basketball and being able to travel around the world, especially to a beautiful country in Australia, is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So I want to give her a shout-out and say, proud, proud of you, Parker. Love you. Um, Mariners. Mariners, 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 Mariners. Oh, boy. This is going to be interesting. I got a little bit of a dive for you guys today. Mariners section is going to be a little bit deeper today. Um, it's got a little bit of a deep dive on a couple players that are struggling right now. Obviously, we lost a series in Texas 2-2-2-1. Two, two, two Matt Brash gave up the lead yesterday in the seventh inning. Tough part of the season right now to be struggling, to having your young players struggle is not ideal when you're going down the playoff stretch, but it's it's happens. It's a part of the season. It's a like it's that roller coaster ride I reference to all the bloody time that, you know, when you're high, you're high and when you're low, you're low and it's just baseball. Like, you know, we were feeling great. We got Luis Castillo, uh, Robbie Ray is dealing. This rotation is one of the top five rotations in baseball. And then right down the rabbit hole, we start corkscrew, you know, corkscrew spiraling out, out, out of control. It's frustrating. I'm not going to lie to you. But um, we got to keep the faith. I know that uh, the pitching has been subpar recently. Marco is just walking a tightrope right now, unfortunately. He just is. I don't understand. I don't I understand why they did the, the, the choice of making Chris Flexen go down to the bullpen. However, my problem with that is quite simple. Marco Gonzalez's stuff doesn't play to the bullpen because he only throws 89 to, you know, I would say 87 to 89 miles an hour on average. Sometimes he'll hit 90 if he's feeling real good on, on the day. But his stuff, like, like his t-shirt says, just ain't sexy. It's not. Um, he's not like a Jamie Moyer, but he's got the same kind of, a, you know, pitching style, soft contact, you know, trying to minimize as much hard contact, going to clubs, all that jazz. Right. But a couple guys right now for the Mariners and talking about struggling are really having a rough time. And one of them comes down to injury and one of them comes down to usage and, uh, the, uh, 
what's what I'm looking for. The amount of we are relying upon young players to come in and perform at such a high level for a high amount of time that I'm afraid that we're burning these prospects out and overusing them than what they should be, right? So when we're talking about players that, that are being overused, obviously we're talking about Logan Gilbert, right? Sunday, he goes six innings pitched, five hits, not bad. Four walks is a problem. Only three earned runs, five strikeouts. So when you look at the line overall, you're like, okay, that's doable. It's not a bad start. Four walks is not great. You know, Logan Gilbert for the longest time was, you know, a one or two walk guy. And then it's that we started seeing a consistent theme that he started walking more guys. He was unable to control the fastball in the corners of the plate. He's looking for off speed, but the off speed at the trust isn't there, right? Yada, yada, yada. 87 pitches yesterday on Sunday, 47 of those were strikes. That's not good enough. It's really not. You, I mean, maybe we're just spoiled watching pitchers like Castillo um, and... Uh, George Kirby, especially George Kirby, because he his like calling card is his accuracy, right? But the walks are starting to become a problem for Logan. Um, when I leave the, when I read out these stats, you're gonna say, well, why is he having a walk problem when I read these stats? And I'll explain to you guys, right? His last seven outings for Logan Gilbert, he has pitched 38 and a third innings pitched, 25 earned runs, 45 hits, 12 walks, 34 Ks. His ERA is 5.87. That is a problem. And uh, so when I'm talking about walks being a problem, right? Well, he's like, well, why is there a problem? He has last seven outings, only has 12 walks. He's not even averaging two walks per outing. Right, that's the thing. But it's the time in which he's giving the walks is the problem, right? If you're walking people and then setting up, like let's say you walk uh, Josh Donaldson or walk Gleyber Torres and then Anthony Rizzo comes up and hits a two-run home run, well, your walk just turned into two runs because you wouldn't have, you know, been in that situation possibly. You kind of got out of it beforehand, you know, however you you want to slice it, you know, dice it, frame it, whatever you, you want to say, right? But Logan Gilbert has not been good for the last month plus, and this is a problem. The Mariners are relying so heavily, so heavily upon him as being a mainstay, foundational piece, a pillar of this rotation that... We're in we're in no man's land right now with Logan because his innings pitched and total pitches are well past his career high that he obviously as a rookie set last year. So he's literally never pitched this much in his entire life, ever. Not even at the at the minor league level. Like he's I think he hit his twenty third start of the season last night. So he's maybe he needs a break. Maybe you gotta bring in Chris Flexen to give him an extra day off, or maybe you do piggyback with Logan and Flex or something. But Logan clearly needs a couple extra days to reset and whatnot. I mean, he wasn't even clean-shaven, as a funny fact. Like, Logan Gilbert's always clean-shaven. That's what one of his calling cards, is that he's a clean-shaven, very sharp-looking guy, um, you know. And he didn't look himself from the very beginning of that game. He wasn't getting strikes in the outside corner. He wasn't getting corner calls. He wasn't getting off-speed much. And when you, like I said, you throw 87 pitches, only 47 of those are strikes, that's not going to be good enough to get into the playoff hunt. You need to be better. And this is what I'm getting back to with this is asking a hell of a lot from our young guys like we did with Jared Kelnick last year that you got to perform at a super high level in order for the Mariners to be truly competitive to get towards the playoffs. Am I going to say or am I saying right now that Logan Gilbert's going to be the main piece that doesn't allow us to reach the playoffs? No, that would be ludicrous. That's why you went out and got a Luis Castillo to relieve some of that pressure. But I think Logan needs to watch Castillo, watch how he, uh, you know, pitch sequencing how does he throw a changeup? He needs to learn how to throw a freaking changeup. Seriously. Like, you are, cannot be a four-pitch guy that is essentially a one-trick pony and try and blow people away with, with the fastball. 
that has decent movement on it, but it's not a Kirby fastball. You just have longer extension towards home plate. So if you don't have good movement or glove side movement on that uh, on that fastball, you're in deep trouble, and that's a fact. So that's that's what it comes down to, to Logan. The other guy I'm going to talk about is Ty France. Ty France is not right, ladies and gentlemen. Like I hope that you can watch Ty France right now and see that it's not right. Like nothing's right for Ty France, and that's a big problem for for, for, for the Mariners right now. Huge problem reason why i'm talking about ty france right and this is um, i apologize for me reading off stats but the stats give an understanding of why i'm talking about what i'm talking about right ty france last 30 games is hitting a 240 clip 29 hits to 23 strikeouts and when you think about ty france he's not striking out he's not going out and you know sway uh you know wailing at pitches and you know, pit, you know he's not expanding the strike zone he is a ctz Warrior control the zone. He uh, he owns a, the major part of the strike zone. He doesn't look strong. The problem is he's coming back from that freaking elbow injury. And my problem and my question is: Did Ty France come back too early from this injury? Was it pressure? I hope to God it wasn't pressure from Jerry. I know Scott wouldn't do that because that's not who Scott is. Uh, congratulations on and I were talking about Scott just for a second. I just want to give a congratulations to Scott Service for his 500th career win as a manager, all with the Seattle Mariners. That is a fantastic achievement, and I'm very proud of him. And for all the people that said that Scott Service need, needs to, to go, eat crow, and enjoy, and pluck feathers out of your teeth. Back to Ty France, right? I was talking about the last 30 games, right? Well, this is like the last 15 really gives a good illustration of why I'm talking about this. Last 15 games, 207 average. 12 hits, 11 strikeouts. Really not good. Last seven games, 103 average, three hits, six strikeouts. So now he's doubling his strikeout to hit rate. That's not Ty France. It's just not. Um, Maybe when they sit down Ty France for a couple of days, like they did beforehand. I mean, if it's me, you either, you either tell Ty France, look, guy, we love you, man. You are such a huge part of what we're doing on this team. And losing Ty France would be a huge loss. It would be. That's not a question whatsoever. I mean, would it be a little easier to swallow right now with not with having Mitch Hanniger inside the lineup right now and Julio in? Sure, because you got other guys that can pick up the slack right now. Ty France's batting average has been going down cons- consistently for m- two months since his injury. He was hit three. 47 and then now he's down to like 291 or 287 that is 60 points of drop i don't give a damn what you have to say that man is hurt and jerry you should shut him down i said it right now shut him down get more at bats for guys like jake lamb sam sam haggerty or swaggerty as everyone likes to call him guy's a freaking ball player he can do anything he can play first base Maybe you put Adam Frazier at first base and put Sam Haggerty as natural position at second base. Who cares? But Ty France is hurt, clearly. And he can't swing the damn bat. And it's frustrating me that we're having him come in right now and push and push and push. Because what happens if he has so much, what if he has so much damage, it's irreversible? Then what happens? Now what's the conversation coming down to? That the Mariners rush back their all-star Ty France to come back from injury because they couldn't hit a damn baseball? Like, come on, people. Like, look at like look at the rose. It ain't pretty anymore. It hasn't gotten watered in weeks. It's all shriveled up and dying. It ain't pretty. Let's go. Like, I just don't understand this right now. I mean, I truly, truly hope that this was not a rush back for management. And Jerry made it very abundantly clear on his Mike Salk segment weeks ago that this was not a problem. 
Right. We did not rush back Ty France. Ty France told us when he was ready. Same thing about Mitch. But you see Mitch. Mitch is, came back ready to rock and roll. Ty France, no. He wasn't playing in the field immediately. He was hardly swinging a bat. He was DHing. And it's just bad. Bad, 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 bad. I don't care how you, what seasoning you put on that. It still tastes bad. Um. Okay, Ty France covering is done. Now we get to pitching matchup today, obviously. Luis Castillo versus Shohei Otani is going to be a pitching masterpiece. A marvel. Gem. I cannot wait for this pitching matchup. Now every time Luis Castillo takes the mound, it's a true pleasure to watch. One of the big reasons why I got uh, Fubo TV, finally. Not because the streams were down constantly. But I'm not going to miss a playoff push by the Mariners for the first time in 20 years. And pitching performances like this really can catapult teams into a winning streak. So we'll see if that happens today. I would imagine Kirk Casale will catch today uh, due to his time with uh, Castillo in Cincinnati. Catching him multiple times. Having that experience is going to be key. We saw how hard it can be at times to catch for, for uh, Castillo. But overall... Um, this is going to be an awesome game to watch, and I just hope that it turns into a pitching duel, not just a Shohei Otani dominance. I'm not saying he's going to do anything like morally great offensively, but he is Shohei Otani. Uh, Seahawks, 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 Seahawks. Obviously, uh, information came out this morning about an hour ago that Ugo Almaty was traded to the Philadelphia Eagles straight across for J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, wide receiver slash tight end. Uh, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside came out of the same draft class as D.K. Metcalf from Stanford. Big, tall receiver, uh, kind of like a hybrid is what they did with him, just due to the fact that he couldn't really fit in with the wide receiver group. Obviously, that's why they went out and got, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a guy's name, Smith, Devontae Smith, I think, yeah. From Alabama, pardon me for that. I had to dig a little bit for a second in my old database in my brain there. But um, obviously, Seahawks lost 32-25 to on Saturday. Uh, quarterback breakdowns between the two. Uh, Drew Locke was 11-15, 102 yards, two touchdowns, sacked twice. QB rating of 131. Geno Smith, 10-15, 101 yards, so literally hardly any different when it comes down to yards. But no touchdowns, sacked once only, but a QB rating of 85.7. Uh, running was the main part of this team for Saturday, no question. They ran for over 160 yards. DJ Dallas led the way, 10 carries, 73 yards, long of 18. Followed by Travis Homer, 4 carries for 41. And Ken Walker, 5 carries for 19. Uh, receivers did pretty well. Uh, Bo Melton had uh, a couple of nice catches. Rookie out of Rutgers, two receptions for 47 with a long of 39. That was a really nice play. Probably best play of the day out for offense. Uh, Travis Homer was also good uh, out of the backfield. Two receptions for 33 with a long of 25. Derek Young, uh, rookie out of Lenore Ryan. This kid, I think, is going to make the roster. I really do. He's going to push. He's going to challenge directly versus J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Uh, four receptions, 30 yards, and a touchdown. Drew Locke really likes and trusts this kid. He's got a big, big body, big frame to him. Uh, I imagine he makes it on the team, but players like Kay Johnson and obviously Bo Melton are going to be all competing for the same roster spot. So we're curious to see what happens when it comes to that and th throughout practice this week to see if there's anybody who's starting to gain a little bit of an advantage in the depth chart battles. No fan uh, finished out the receptions of uh, two for 20. And I got some defensive stuff to talk about today. Um, I talked about this linebacker a couple podcasts ago. They signed him at a rookie out of Cincinnati, Joel Dublanco. Uh, who was a rookie at a uh, rookie linebacker out of Cincinnati? Played with uh, Kobe Bryant. Eight total tackles, four solos. Vi Jones, rookie out of uh, Mississippi State. Uh, five, six total tackles, one tackle for loss, one sack. He was all all over the field. Uh, Miles Adams was great, defensive tackle, three solo tackles, tackle for loss, pass deflection even. So he had his hands up, which is great. Obviously, obviously, Boye Mafe. Holy crap. 
you want to talk about the definition of literal explosion, dynamite, uh, bend. He's got everything that you can look for out of a pass rusher. The Seahawks nailed it on this pick. Um, Tariq Wollen played okay. Uh, tackling was definitely a problem for the Hawks in general on Saturday. So hopefully they'll be able to work on that throughout the week. Um, offensive line grayed out to an 85 grade on pro football focus. One of the best, or if not, I think it was the best offensive line performance of preseason among all 32. So that was fantastic to see. Obviously, uh, practice will go on today. I'm going to have some takeaways from practice and kind of getting an inside look at more from what happened on Saturday's game. And with that being said, that's what I got for you guys today. If you enjoyed the content, the conversations, and the overall uh, flow of the podcast, please do me a favor, subscribe, leave a rating, share on all platforms. Again, uh, free and available on all major platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeart, Index Radio, all that good jazz. Mariners big game today, Castillo versus Otani, Seahawks going to get back out the grind, CS Rise, go Hawks!